This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. We were building a blanket pillow fort in the living room because that's what you do when you have a three-year-old. Um, and we're all gathered together in my living room and my sister was there and she was grabbing chairs from the kitchen and we're, we're building this, this very intricate design of a, of a little fort for my daughter. And we had one big, huge blanket draped over one of the chairs and, and one, one blanket draped over the couch. And we had the pillows kind of set up almost like a little barrier wall to the inside of the fort. But we, we needed just a little bit more fabric to kind of cover this, this one little part because Rose, my daughter, didn't want a window, so to speak. So I turned to my husband and I said, go and grab the saint blanket. And so he walked out of the room and he came back a minute later and he was holding this black fleece blanket with fleur-de-lis and the logo of the New Orleans Saints football team <laughs> emblazoned across the front in bright gold. And I started laughing. And I said, no, the other saint blanket. And he looked at me kind of incredulously, and he said, what, what, what other? And, I said, and, and there was kind of this awkward little pause, and he went, oh, oh, this would only happen in a Catholic house. And he walked out of the room, and he came back holding the other saint blanket, this little quilt that we have that has these images of the saints all across the front. It's my daughter's blankie. She doesn't leave home without it if we have to go somewhere overnight. It drapes across her bed. Most of the time, when we tuck her in at night, um, she double-checks to make sure that it's on top of her covers because she can't sleep without it. My husband heard Saint Blanket, and he went to the Saints Blanket, this New Orleans Saints Blanket that we have in the closet that we use every now and then for picnics, not the Saint Blanket, which has the images of the saints that our daughter loves. Again, a uniquely Catholic house problem. We all got a good laugh out of it, and it was a great day in the pillow blanket fort, trust me. You know, it's, it's funny, this saint's blanket that we have in our house that our daughter loves so much, we bought it about a year ago, and when I gave it to her, um, she asked, well, who are these people? And so I explained to her, well, that's Pope John Paul II. He did all these remarkable things in the church. That's St. Gianna Beretta Mola. She is an example of sacrifice and motherly love. That's Oscar Romero, a martyr of our faith. That's Josephine Bakita, a woman who teaches us perseverance and, and, and focus on God's will above all else. And I'm going through all these images on the saint and uh, on the blanket, and my daughter's just kind of nodding along. She's only two at the time, so she's just kind of nodding along. And she said, they're my friends. And the saint blanket that my daughter prizes pretty much above all else, one of her most beloved possessions, again, we can't leave the house without it, became a blanket covered with the images and the pictures of her friends. That's what we're talking about in this new Ave Explorer series on the saints. The saints who are our friends, the communion of saints, what it is, why it matters, how we can grow close to the holy men and women who we honor and venerate in heaven, who worship God eternally and then pray for us. We name our kids after them. We hang their pictures on the wall. We, we put a medal around our neck. We, we invoke their names uh, on big moments within the life of the church. Why? Why are they important? Why do they matter? And how, most importantly, how can I become one? 
maybe not necessarily a canonized saint with a feast day and then you know become the patron saint of podcasting or Instagram, but how can I get to heaven myself? And how do the saints who are there help me do that? That's the point of this new series, and I'm so excited about it. Not just because I think I'm excited about all of the series, and you know that if you're a regular listener, you know that I get quite amped up as we launch these new series, but, but this time around, I'm particularly excited about the fact that we want to look at the saints, not just from this analytical perspective, defining who they are and, and what they've done, but really examine how their stories are part of the story of the church and therefore part of our story. How these are holy friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, the communion of saints, not just this fairy tale idea, but, but men and women we can welcome into our families, men and women we become friends with, men and women who we can look to and talk with and think about. In this season, we've got everything from an episode in the podcast season about how saints are made, the canonization process of the church, all the way to why we need diverse representation when we talk about the saints, some of the the open processes of canonization that are happening in the church right now, how to pray with and to the saints, why our our children need to be encouraged to think about the lives of the saints. uh, The content that we've created is absolutely stellar, and you can find all of it over at AveMariaPress.com and sign up for the weekly emails, which will start next week. You'll get an email every Wednesday in your inbox that has an article, that has podcast episodes, that has a video. Uh, We've got Facebook Live conversations happening with some excellent guests. I really think you'll enjoy the series. And I know, again, I say that every time. I probably sound like a broken record. If you're a regular listener, you know my shtick. I think that this will benefit you. And today's first episode is with someone I dearly, dearly love and admire, Sister Bethany Davis, one of the daughters of St. Paul. She's very active on Twitter and Instagram. You might know her from there. She's young. She's vibrant. She's got an incredible vocation story, which you're going to hear in this episode. But most importantly, she loves Jesus, and she wants you to love Jesus too. And she shares with us today how our pursuit of holiness is not this isolated thing that we do by ourselves, but is part of the journey and the life of the church itself. And that when we pursue holiness and we ask ourselves, what does Jesus Christ want for my life? Well, the stories of the saints can help us in answering that question. But most importantly, most importantly, we pursue holiness because we know that's what Jesus wants for us. Saints can help us do that. The saints can give us examples of how they did it. And then as we walk that journey to holiness, we can can have them kind of walk alongside of us. Um, you can follow Sister Bethany on Instagram and Twitter. We have the links down in the show notes. As you're listening to the episode, I'm sure you're going to want to go find all the other incredible things that she's created. Um, and she would probably tell you, too, to hop on over to AveMariaPress.com to make sure that you sign up for all of the Ave Explorers content. I'm so excited to kick this season off. Thank you for listening with us. So without further ado, this first episode about holiness and the pursuit of Jesus' will with Sister Bethany Davis. Well, sister, thanks so much for joining us on the show. You're welcome. I'm so delighted to be here. We are, I've wanted a daughter of St. Paul on the show for a long time. Um, You were my number one choice. So thanks for saying yes. Uh, Don't tell the (laughs) others who I think might be. So we've got some sister fans of the show. Um, Where are you you coming to us from? You you look like you're in a recording studio. I am in a recording studio. Um, I'm coming from our mother house in Boston, Massachusetts. So... Um, our sisters, it's like our whole publishing house and like apostolate, like mega epicenter, which is really fun. So we have a full on recording studio and I'm in one of our sound booths. So 
it's kind of nice because I'm typically stationed in Alexandria, Virginia, and we live in the heart of town. And usually when I'm doing interviews, it's, I have to like disclaimer, if a dump truck goes by, you will hear it. So it's kind of nice to be in this like sacred silence here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my disclaimer is always a toddler may bust in at any moment. And sometimes we keep it in and sometimes we don't. It just depends right. on what happens. Um, <laughs> but why, okay, so why a recording studio? Nuns usually... I don't know. They're off the grid, but you guys are very much on the grid. Like you have the swipe up feature on Instagram. Tell me about you guys. I celebrated you the other day. I was like, she got it. Um, (laughs) What, tell me about the daughters of St. Paul and, and as they are known, the media nuns. Sure. Um, So for us, uh, the daughters of St. Paul were founded to do something pretty unique in the church. We were founded in 1915. So a hundred years ago. Um, But our founder, blessed James Alberione, um, founded us in Italy to be, um, to use the media for good, to use it for the gospel, um, because uh, a lot of other religious, you know, weren't dedicated to that at the time. So he had this dream, and I can tell you the story if we have time, but like just this, this dream of his, um, his life was severely impacted by the media. He knew he wanted to priest, be a priest, but from the time he was seven years old, his teacher asked what he wanted to do. He said, I want to be a priest. And so he really like oriented his whole life to that. So he went to um, junior seminary and then he went to, um, I think at that point he was just in, in the junior seminary in the high school seminary. And when he got there, he like discovered all these books and he just started just like reading, not his homework books or like theology books. He was just reading stuff just to read stuff. And so he ended up like not really doing any of his classwork. So I like to tell kids when I'm speaking at schools, it's like the equivalent of Netflix binging. Like he was just like on Netflix and he wasn't, he wasn't doing his homework. He was, he wasn't being serious about it. So the priests were like, Hey, we don't need a mediocre priest. We don't need a lukewarm priest. So like ciao for now, like bye. And so, um, they so wait, him out of seminary. a blessed got kicked out of seminary. Yeah. So he got kicked okay. out of seminary. Just yeah. clarify that. Yeah. So he got kicked out of seminary and he was devastated. Like, he was like, what? I've known I wanted to be a priest since I was seven years old. Like, what am I going to do now? And he realized it was because he really got caught up in the media of his time. He really got caught up. And we don't totally know what he was reading, but we're, we're guessing at like novels and just fun books. That, But he was like, I just got sucked in by, you know, things that weren't really for my holiness. They weren't for my sanctification. They weren't bettering, you know, me. They weren't drawing me closer to God. Um, and so he was like, oh my gosh, like, imagine the people who don't know what they want to do with their lives. Imagine the people who aren't thinking of heaven, Mm -hmm. how much more media affects them. So it was during this time that he really got inspired to be like, by the Lord, to really found a religious congregation that is dedicated to sanctifying the media. So it means putting out good things into the media. Um, and then also making reparation for the bad that's in the media. So those who are producing content, that's not good. Those are who are like the content that's, yeah. So it's just making reparation for it and then putting and combating evil media with good media. So that was his whole thing. So he started with brothers, then he um, uh, founded a group of sisters, so the Daughters of St. Paul. Um, And then he has 10 different congregations within the Pauline family Mm. um, because he firmly believed that no matter what your vocation in life, no matter what your state in life, you should be able to be part of the Pauline. You should be able to have the Pauline spirituality. So if you're a married couple, that means like training your children in media literacy. That means like helping your kids understand what media does to 
you, to your family, to the world. Um, as religious, it means like creating good media and teaching people about it. As priests, talking about it in your homilies, like no matter what your state in life, you should be able to live this, this spirituality and being able to pray for it. Um, so yeah, so it's a little bit about my congregation. So that's why I'm sitting in a sound studio. Yeah, it's why, it's why you as an un- have that a, you have a cell phone. Um, media. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I have a cell phone. I have Twitter. I have Instagram. Um, the studio I'm sitting in, we record music. Um, we throw Christmas concerts every year. You know, it's things like that. That's like, it's part of our mission to really mm-hmm. tell people about Jesus in where people already are. Right. And right. yeah, so like as a young as a young woman, really, as a teenager, that's what I found really attractive about the Daughters mm-hmm. of St. Paul was, like, the fact that the sisters were where I wanted to be. Mm. They weren't just, like, you weren't going to find me on the floor of the chapel, like, praying a rosary at 14. Like, that's not where you're going to find me. You're going to find me in a magazine or a book or a TV show or on the internet. Mm-hmm. And the sisters were there. And I was yeah. like, that's epic. Yeah. <laughs> I When I was in high school, I discovered them. And was just like, these nuns have phones. Like that was like my, like this big mental hang up because I just gotten a cell phone as a junior. It's like, yeah. I could never give this up. And that was before cell phones were even cool. So yeah. now you can do so much more. I want to, I want to pivot in a second and hear like why like you were drawn to the order and kind of what your discernment story is. But you said something in kind of that initial intro about media and sanctity and how sometimes media can work for our holiness or sometimes it can work against it. And this whole series on saints is ultimately about how I can become a saint at the time that we're recording this, there's this flare-up happening about Netflix. And this, you know, the programming that they're putting out is becoming more and more, I don't even want to say suspect, that's not the word, but just troubling. Um, and there's kind of this, this debate that's happening of, well, okay, do we just completely cancel Netflix? We completely remove ourselves from that space. The same argument, I guess, could be made about, well, Target gives money to Planned Parenthood, so should I just never shop at Target? As a sister who works in media, what is your advice on how to kind of navigate this weird road? And of course, this episode is going to air a month from the time we're recording it, but I, I still think that conversation is going to be happening because cancel culture is not going anywhere. What's your take on that? Um, um, yeah, it's true. It's like, where do you draw the line of like, mm-hmm. you literally could eat or go nowhere that doesn't support something that you don't believe in. So on one hand, it's like, but you also don't just want to give up and be like, oh, well, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So on one hand, it's that. Um, On the other, though, I think it's uh, being smart about your choices. So if you know that like bigger, you know, bigger um, amounts of of money are going to places that you don't, that aren't in line with your conscience, then Mm -hmm. I think you need to look at that and see how that impacts your life and see, I think it's really a, a decision that you need to, and a journey that you need to make on your own. Because like you said, they're like, basically everybody, right? <laughs> um, all major corporations are, are pretty much involved. And so I don't know that I have a solution right. um, to it. I know that's not what you're asking me for. No, no. Well, I, I mean, I figured there wasn't going to be a cookie cutter, it's yeah. just, but like unpacking it, you know, you're, I think you're, yeah. I a hundred percent agree. It's kind of a, it's a discernment based off of, of needs, but also of response. And like, do we, right. we had an interview the other day with Father David Guffey from Family Theater Productions. And he said, mm-hmm. the more Christians say, this is the kind of stuff we want, the more that yeah. stuff is made. So That's true. you saw the Daughters of St. Paul, you discerned with them to make good media and to be in that world. What was that story? Why did Sister Bethany become Sister Bethany? <laughs> Um, I think for me, I saw the uh, religious sister for the first time when I was 13 years old. 
Um, I didn't know nuns were still a thing. Um, <laughs> if you've heard enter, any interview with me before, I love telling the story of like, um, like the first nun I met, I, my mom had signed me up for this class. It was a vocations class, but I didn't, like I'd heard the word vocation, but I didn't mm-hmm. totally know what it meant. And my mom said it fast. She was like, I signed you up for a vocation class with your friends. And I was like, sweet, my friends are going to be there. Also, I heard vacation. So I was like, it's a vacation class. Sweet. I don't know what I thought we were doing, but that's the thing. So, um, but when I walked in and it was a little sister of the poor, um, was the first one, was the first sister I ever met. And she was in habit. And I um, just remember like meeting her and being so astounded um, by her sincerity and her authenticity mm-hmm. and really her joy and her happiness. Um, she shared with us her vocation story and um, she was just really real um, and she was very much herself and you could totally tell, I mean, I was in what, eighth grade. Nobody wants to really hang out with eighth graders all that much in my experience. So as an eighth grader, I didn't even want to hang out with the eighth graders. <laughs> so um, just her, like really, you could totally tell that she wanted to be there with us, that she loved Jesus. She loved her community. She loved us. And I was just um, really struck by that. And so this class that my mom signed me up for was like every week for like six or eight weeks or something. So it was a different sister every week. And every sister, it was a similar thing. They would share their stories with us. We would, um, we would just kind of get to know them a little bit. And every sister and, and frankly, religious brother and priest that we met that was part of this, the common thread was that they were like deeply happy and not just like skipping down the halls and like this like fake kind of happy. I, I also like to say that middle schoolers have this like really intense radar for inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. Like they can smell it from like a hundred miles away. Um, and I just remember being like, these people are for real. Like they're not just faking it just to, just to fake it. <laughs> like right. they're for real. And I was like, that's, I want that. Whatever that is, I want that. And the other common thing was that Jesus was at the heart of it. So I was like, maybe there's something to this Jesus thing. (laughs) Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something. Um, And so that's when I started like, just kind of like looking into different religious orders and um, just kind of exploring that idea of consecrated life and what that meant. Um, And just really asking one of the sisters at the very end had told us, she goes, if there's anything that you take away from this class, I hope it's this. I hope that you are unafraid to ask Jesus what he wants of you. Because if you can ask that question, Lord, what do you want of me? And you can ask him that in openness and sincerity, I promise you, he'll tell you. Mm. So I remember our parish had like a 24 hour adoration chapel. And I remember like sitting in that adoration chapel. I went with my dad he had a holy hour and I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want of me? And like, it was, I was like expecting like the booming voice from heaven. And instead it was like silence. And I was like, what is going on? But really like, just like exploring, um, exploring different religious communities and just like um, feeling that draw in my heart to at least look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I discovered a bunch of different religious communities and there's a lot out there, but really when I discovered the daughters of St. Paul, there was something in me that kind of just clicked. Like I looked at orders that um, did nursing or worked with the elderly or teaching. Cause I thought I wanted to be a teacher at that point in my life, um, specifically a music teacher. So I was like, Oh, like I 
you know, any sisters that have to do with anything about teaching or music, I'm in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I met the daughters of St. Paul and I, I read about them, there was something about it of like, I could spend the rest of my life doing this. Like there was something about it that I was like, I really, I saw how media impacted me, how media impacted my family. I had just gotten my first email account at that point in my life. And I remember I had a friend in Hawaii and I emailed her and she emailed back immediately. And I think that's when it really clicked for me that it was immediate, that it was instant. And I was like, the church should email everyone about Jesus. What are they doing? <laughs> and like, when I discovered the Daughters of St. Paul, I was like, oh, these nuns are like basically doing that. So. <laughs> They've been doing it since the, you know, the early, exactly. early 1900s. Yeah, exactly. So then as I like started to get to know them, I was like, that is so beautiful. Like that these sisters are not just a sister for, you know, the second grade class at St. Mary's. They are sisters to, you know, your grandpa and you and your mom and your kid. Like we're sisters. We're all things to all people, like Mm -hmm. St. Paul says. Um, And that was something that I really loved. And I loved also the the spirit of reparation in the sisters for the wrongs done in the media and Mm -hmm. through the media. And if you talk to some of the sisters, you'll hear about like their adopted celebrity children. Yes. Like, yeah. So like I constantly pray for Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus and Katy Perry. Like those are like my three girls, girls. that I just, I pray for those three. <laughs> and they don't even know. They don't even they know don't that they've even. got a nun. I should just tag them. them every day. You should. Just, like, be like, I should. We should do it. What <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> Taylor, folklore today in the chapel. Like you oh, could right, totally. Exactly. <laughs> I love, I, I love her Jesus story. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, yeah, like some of those songs could be interpreted as singing to the Lord. I mean, it's, sometimes yeah. I feel like Jesus is telling me to calm down big time. Um, 100%. <laughs> I, I really love this idea that, A, there was, you know, you saw Jesus at the heart of these nuns and these these religious that you were meeting. But then, B, you saw the mission of the Daughters of St. Paul as something that you could connect to and relate to um, and saw yourself there. So what's the process like? And this is maybe a little bit of a pivot, but I think it's part of talking about sanctity. Did you just like show up with your suitcase? You applied, you chose a name. Like what is the process of becoming a nun? Yeah, sure. So every community is different. Um, Every community, like we all have the same basic steps of postulants, the novitiate, junior and final vows. And I will break that down a little bit, Mm -hmm. but um, we all have the same process but the way each community goes about it it like is a little different so just speaking to my experience and our our formation process um for me it was um for our community we try to get to know a young woman for at least at least a year generally Mm -hmm. um because really when you think about it like we really want to get to know this young woman and we like I love our vocation directors from the beginning of the time that I have come to discern, but the way that we do vocation work is like, it's not just about getting you in the door and number 23 of our postulancy class. That's not what we're about. It's like, we want what the Lord wants of you. Mm. And like, if that's to enter with us, great. And if it's not, we want whatever the Lord wants. Um, and so that was something that was like very stressed for me from the beginning that like, like almost to the point where I was like, do you even want me here? <laughs> like, but, but I, I, I now being a sister, I totally, and completely like respect and love that that's how we do vocation work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I did um, find was that like 
um, in this, in this year of getting to know the sisters, it's not only like you getting to know the sisters, but it's also the sisters getting to know you. Um, so I actually, because I met the sisters when I was 14, I visited here actually in Boston, the house where I'm right now, I visited the first time when I was 14, we had a high school summer program. Um, and I came for like a week in the summer. Um, and we still do that to this day. And then when I turned 16, I lived about an hour, hour and 15 minutes from our convent and book center in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, I grew up in Maryland, about an hour north. And so once I started to drive, the sisters in Virginia asked if I would come and help them with various things, like volunteer mm-hmm. in the book center or just come up for a weekend or whatever. So I would do that. Um, so the sisters got to know me for like five or so years, five or six years, but like really well to the point where when I entered, most of the sisters were like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> one of us yeah you're like oh my gosh (laughs) took you long enough um but it's because I was so I was young when I met the sisters so it makes sense um but yeah so like um by the time I got to I ended up doing two and a half years of college just because I needed to grow up a little um mature a little get to um the sisters asked they're like why don't you get like a job under management because I was like teaching piano and nannying and all this stuff for as my own boss. So they were like, why don't you? And I was like, is this a test of obedience? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was um, really a beautiful experience of like journeying with the sisters. You do have to apply. So I applied. Um, it's a bunch of paperwork and you thought, make sure you're a legit Catholic, um, all the sacraments, you know, <laughs> um, all your schooling, stuff like that. Um, we do do, things like psychological testing and background checks, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, just because that way everybody's safe. and yeah. um, You're joining yeah. a family. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you want to, everybody wants to know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. Um, so I entered postulancy when I was 20. Um, and our postulancy house is in St. Louis, Missouri. So I entered with two other young women. There are three of us that year. There was a class ahead of us. I was two. So we were five altogether in postulancy. And really, for us, it's two years long. It's one of the longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our congregation does it. You can make it like six months. We can make it like two years. And we made it two years. So, um, But those two years are really just living with the sisters, getting to know the spirituality, getting to know a prayer life. Really, like you can do anything for a week. And so like visiting the sisters for a week is not the same as six months of waking up at 5.30 a.m. every mm-hmm. morning, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Um, so really doing that and just like living the apostolate, living the prayer life, living with the sisters, living in community, um, and just continuing to ask, continuing to discern, um, what it is the Lord is asking of you. So you wear like a uniform white shirt, blue skirt for simplicity. Um, but, uh, that's basically what you're doing. And also at that time, you're taking some catechism classes because you want to make sure nobody's a heretic. And like we're all on basically the same level with our yeah, catechesis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love, I love that discernment process of like, what is Jesus asking of me? And what, you know, how can I, like, how, how can he more deeply enter into my life? 
I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Sister Bethany Davis of the Daughters of St. Paul. I found it to be a really great and fun interview to conduct. I hope that you go and find all of our Ave Explorers content on the saints over at AveMariaPress.com. Sign up for the weekly emails to receive the rest of the content that we've created for you. Articles, videos, more podcast episodes, Facebook Live conversations. Go to AveMariaPress.com now. Back to the show. You know, I'm sitting here, a mom... And, you know, I've got a job and I know some of our listeners are grandparents all the way down to young adults. I mean, there's a wide spectrum of life. How, how can somebody not in a postulancy program or not in the convent ask that question of themselves every day? Like, what would be your encouragement to them? Totally. Um, I would say really the biggest takeaway that I have for my postulancy that I could apply to really any walk of life is really just like a constant relationship with the Lord. Um, And a lot of times I really encourage people to start with the gospel of the day. Mm. Um, Even if it's like two sentences that you've heard like a billion times before, I promise you the Lord can speak something new in Mm. that. And I find for me personally, um, the word of God is really where like the Lord kind of speaks to my heart Um, and he can like really focus in on something for the day. And so just like praying with the word of God and um, kind of making a little resolution for the day. So, yeah. So that's something that I always say to people is like, just like, uh, like live your relationship with the Lord, check in with him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As a friend, man, that's exactly, that's the story of the saints. It's the story of blessed James. It's the story mm-hmm. of, of, I think any holy person you yeah. enter, you're in postulancy that leads to novitiate that leads to mm-hmm. vows. Mm-hmm. At what point did you add Bethany into your name? And then why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so after novitiate, um, so in novitiate, you're learning the constitutions and all of that and, and what it means to be a daughter of St. Paul, not just a religious sister, but a daughter of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at, after novitiate, at first vows, in our community, at first vows, you receive the habit and you receive... Um, not a new name, but you get to add a name to your baptismal name mm. because religious consecration, like for priests, they have a whole sacrament. Like, right. yeah. They're ontologically changed. Life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they've got an entire sacrament to themselves. Um, religious life does not, it's mm-hmm. not a sacrament, but it is a deepening of your baptismal call. Mm-hmm. So it's still based in the, the sacrament of baptism. And so, um, for our community, we keep our baptismal name and then we add a name to it if you want. It's mm. optional. You can or you could not. Um, I chose to add a, a profession name to my name. So my whole name is Sister Chelsea Bethany. So I was baptized as Chelsea. My parents, well, my birth certificate gave me the name Chelsea. <laughs> um, but I asked to add Bethany because um, it's a place that really means a lot to me. It's a place that meant a lot to Jesus. And um, Bethany is actually the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in the Gospels. And they are three of my most favorite friends, <laughs> um, especially Lazarus and especially Martha. I love Mary too, but Martha, I've always had this great kinship with, and I've grown to love Lazarus over the years. Um, but I have always loved that um, a couple of things. One, when I made profession, I really wanted to live with the hearts of these three people. So Mary, the contemplative, Martha, the one who would do, you know, who would, who would do things with and for the Lord, 
she kind of goes through conversion in her life. She does things for the Lord, and then she ends up doing things with the Lord later. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of life I want to live. Um, but she's a she's a mover and a shaker. Um, and then Lazarus, who has this, um, he goes from death to life. And so for me, it's like when I'm dead in sin, to come into life because of Jesus who called me forth. Um, and so that that was the heart that I wanted to live my religious life with. And then along with that, Bethany was also a great place of rest for Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you really look at the Gospels, you find that he goes back to Bethany. He kind of like ping pongs back to Bethany or like boomerangs back to Bethany like a few times in the Gospel. And um, it's really a place of like of rest and love for Jesus. Um, and this is my most like fun tidbit that like I was like, I'm sold um, when I heard this. My Konavis actually brought this up to me. Um, was that Bethany was actually the last Jesus did before his passion and death. So it's the place where um, time yeah. out, time out. Can you say that one more time? It cut yeah. on my end. So Bethany was the last. Let's just start from there. Yeah. <laughs> so Bethany was the last place that Jesus went to before his passion and death. Mm. Bethany was the place where. Um, Mary broke the, the nard over him who, and anointed his feet. And so, and it says the whole house smelled of the perfume. Um, and so that means that Jesus would have smelled like it, right? And mm-hmm. they didn't take showers every single day, right? In like ancient Like once times, a year. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. So, and, and we all know that like when oil is heated up, that's when it's most fragrant. Mm-hmm. And so that place of like that happened at Bethany but as passion and death he was sweating and he was walking up that hill and he was bloodied he probably could still smell that perfume of the place where he was last where he felt loved and cared for Mm. and like and so for me that was like another thing that I wanted to be like this place not only for Jesus but for other people to rest in um and so that was like that was a big part of why I took the name Bethany was for those three characters but for also just like that place Mm-hmm. and it means actually most literally um house of poverty or house of song and as a musician to me I like really just wanted my life to be like this symphony for Jesus um in whatever way I could put forward um oh. so yeah it has a lot of meaning for me yeah I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I need to rename one of my children that's beautiful <laughs> like like truly and I mean I love that the the story I mean because you talk to religious brothers and sisters uh, you, you know you talk to the Pope who has to change his name, right? Like there's the name change signifies an identity change and it's often linked with a holy place or a holy person. Um, you know, this series that we're doing on the saints is all about, you know, like we want to tell stories of holy men and women, but we also want to have conversations with people about their own pursuit of holiness. When you entered all those years ago, um, as a 20 year old, I mean, I, I, at 20, I can't even remember what I was doing, but I know I wasn't entering a convent. I know that. <laughs> You're probably in college or something. I was, I was, I, I was in college and, and making a lot of mistakes and loving every second of it. And now I think back to, man, like I should have been paying attention more to Jesus's call. Um, what oh, there you- was a moment there where I like actually like skipped town on the nuns because I got scared. <laughs> I was like, I like college too much. So uh, this is good. Yeah, I'm fine. Jesus will find me eventually. Well, yeah. he got you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what have you learned about the call to holiness, the universal call to holiness as a sister in your specific ministry with the Daughters of St. Paul? Like, what's, the, what's a nugget that, that you hold on to? Um, I think for me, like, the thing that 
when I think of like growing in holiness or when I think of sanctity, um, I often think of, it's kind of bringing me to the thing that I always say, if I could only say one thing for the rest of my life, it would be that you are loved by a loving God, even when it doesn't feel like it. And um, one of the people that I um, love most, um, St. Wise, is Mother Teresa. And for me, it's like, you know, that's holiness too. It's like, even when you don't feel it, um, he's still faithful. Mm-hmm. Like, the feeling well, isn't what Tell us about. that story a little bit. Some people might not know what you're mentioning. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so Mother Teresa, um, she actually, uh, she was Albanian, um, and she entered the Sisters of Loretto um, as a young woman. I cannot remember how old, but she entered the Sisters of Loretto. And at a certain point in her religious life, Jesus asked her to um, found a different religious congregation to really help the poorest of the poor to... Um, to be there for them, to minister to them. And, um, and she really felt the Lord calling her to do this. And she describes it as once she said, yes, the Lord like turned out the light. (laughs) Like it was like the Lord just kind of left her in the dark and um, seemingly almost the way she describes it is like almost never talked to her again. Mm. And she, and yet she still this conviction of, I know that this is what the Lord has asked me to do. And so she just kept going. And that was really, that has been really inspirational for me, even on my own journey, journey of holiness of like, there have been times and even, and especially as a religious sister where things have been really dark um, and like prayer life is either non-existent or it feels very fruitless. It doesn't feel like there's a lot happening. There's not even a lot of feeling happening. You're just kind of like, I'm like, am I just sitting in a dark room for no reason? You know? Um, But for me, like that holiness to me is just that fidelity to the Lord and just continuing to ask us like, okay, Lord, what is it that you want? And even when he doesn't show up in the way that you want to trust in what he has to trust in his promise. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, that's been a huge um, like guiding thought in my own journey to holiness. Yeah. Well, it's it's so important for us to know those stories, to know the it wasn't always easy for Mother Teresa. We, when we know like the, we know the big, the big hitters, we know the names of the ones who are very, very familiar to us, but the Daughters of St. Paul have a really cool project that, that is being kickstart funded right now. I think it's yeah. actually fully funded. I, I, I bought a copy. Um, day one, I was like, I want that on my <laughs> show. So um, that's happening, but it's this new book of saints that y'all are creating that has art and has reflections tell us a little bit about that new project of the of the media nuns totally so this um, new title that we are coming out with um, by the time you hear this probably have come out with um, <laughs> actually it's releasing October 15th so get your copy that's actually um, the day after this episode <laughs> will air. we will okay, put the so link in the copy. show notes <laughs> <laughs> okay great um so yeah, so this book is in cello et in terra. So we called it on earth as it is in heaven in Latin, um, but really to show that the saints really walked the earth, but they point us to heaven. Um, and so like, like we are walking the earth, right? But like to keep our eyes fixed on heaven. And so this book is really showing um, different saints and lives of the saints um, and giving us a little synopsis of them, but then also providing a reflection of like, how does this work into my own life? What is mm-hmm. that? Um, how can I reflect on this life of the saint, apply it to my own life? Um, and then a little prayer um, to the saint asking for their intercession. So it's every single day. 
And the thing that I actually really, well, I was going to say love most, but there's like five things I love most about this. Um, the artwork is incredible. Sister Danielle Victoria Lucier did the, all the artwork inside of it. So one of our sisters um, did all of the illustrations. It's incredible. Um, but that, that is probably the thing I love most. But the thing I was going to say I love most is um, that actually this book really features a lot of blesseds. Mm. Um, and I can't remember if it's venerables, but like a lot of lesser known people, it has the heavy hitters like St. Therese is in there and JP too. Like, obviously <laughs> like you can't have a science book without these people, but it does give you like a bunch of blesseds and people that are lesser known in the church. And the diversity in this mm. book is incredible. Like it's, it's, it's saints and holy people from all over the world. Like, countries I hadn't even heard of like which is like um, probably a testament to my geography but but like at the same time like it's so incredible like no matter what era or what walk of life um and sister Danielle uh, Victoria did a lot of the the illustrations from real pictures of saints mm. that we have and so they really look like them which yeah. I super love um yeah so like this book is just like it's been so fun to like to talk about it and create a project around it and to see people so excited about it. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It blew up on Twitter. I mean, it was like oh 24 hours later and I think it, it, it showed a real desire, I think within the lives of Catholics, especially very online okay. Catholics to like, we need examples. We need, that's why we're doing this series on the saints because we want to tell the stories of holy people so that we are inspired to holiness. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly why we, you know, well, we started this book 10 years ago, which is hilarious. Like one of our <laughs> sisters started this project and then it just kept like getting put in the file, I guess. Um, I wasn't around, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was kind of, it's it's really beautiful and it's totally created by our sisters, which was the other thing that we really loved about it. It was mm -hmm. like people who are like, we're all striving for holiness, but I really like personally, I see my sisters striving for holiness every day mm -hmm. in in just so many little ways and how we just love one another in the little ways of every day. And knowing that my sisters wrote this about each of these saints, it just like warms my heart and like makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a cool family reunion someday when all these nuns oh get gosh. up there and can meet the people that they wrote about. Um, I guess here at the end, sister, I want to ask you two questions and this is, you're the first out the gate. So these are like our test guinea pig questions for the end of our <laughs> Who has been the saint that has influenced you maybe the most in your own pursuit of holiness? And then um, what saint do you want to maybe get to know a little better in the coming year? Because we're trying to give people just ideas of people to go look up and to learn about. So your favorite and then who you want to know more about. And you can go in whatever order. <laughs> oh, no. There we go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> No, that's okay. No, no, that's good. <laughs> Love that. You froze a little bit. So yeah, so. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, it's so good. Um, I think that the saint that has influenced me the most over the years, well, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I'm actually going to go with um, my confirmation saint, actually, St. Faustina, mm. um, is, my saint, is my confirmation saint. And she was really one who um, just had this really intense, and beautiful love of Jesus and um, just like his mercy, which was really healing for me and my personal life in a lot of ways of just like really like receiving Jesus's mercy. And she was the one who really put forward um, Jesus's desire to let everyone know about his mercy. And so 
um, her and the way that Jesus used her has really influenced my own life um, in wanting to really um, put forward whatever it is that Jesus is asking me, asking of me and letting the world know about it and to really like really embrace mercy because I think it's really hard to embrace mercy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So she's one of the ones that's influenced me the most over the years. Um, I would be remiss to be like, and also St. Paul and Blessed Jesus. You know? <laughs> He's literally on the wall right behind you. <laughs> I know, right? I know, Blessed Jesus is like right behind He's me. He's there with <laughs> his book. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, one of the saints that I, I want to get to know more, um, uh, flipping through in Chaloet and Tara, I, uh, there are so many blessings I want to get to know more. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's really funny I've been praying with St. Paul a lot recently. And you would think that as a daughter of St. Paul, I know like tons about him. And like, I have a lot of head knowledge about him, but not a lot of heart knowledge about him. And so he's somebody that's really kind of been inviting me into relationship a little bit more. Um, Because I used to think about St. Paul as like this, like in his, I think it's the third chapter of um, his letter to the Galatians. He's like, you stupid Galatians. (laughs) how St. Paul was. He was just this like yelling old man with a sword. And I was like, I don't like you. <laughs> like, you're fine. I'm your daughter, but not really. Yeah. You know, I was like, mm, we're not going to claim that kinship. Thanks very much though. So. <laughs> um, but he's really like, he's really a papa. He's a father. He's somebody who loved, who like, he never met Jesus mm-hmm. like in the way the apostles did, but yet we claim him as the 13th apostle. Mm. And like, he never met Jesus in person. Um, and like, I never met Jesus in person either. I mean, the Eucharist, yeah, but like, I never got to like hug him or like, you know, it's like walk alongside him. I don't know what his sandals sounded like on the, on the road. Um, and so St. Paul for me has really been just like, been kind of, I think, quietly walking with me a little bit and is really, especially since we've started this project, um, and I've been able to be at our mother house, really just inviting me into relationship. Um, with him. And so he's somebody that I kind of want to get to know a little bit more this year. I I love that. Uh, That's, this was the perfect way to start the season um, for sure. (laughs) And, and I thank you for saying yes. Um, Sister, where can we find you and follow you and and learn more about you and the work of the sisters? Sure. So you can find actually my sisters all over the internet, Um, (laughs) Google daughters of St. Paul, you'll find us for the first thing that pops up. Um, But on Instagram and Twitter, I think we're with daughter ST Paul. Um, on both of those. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram um, and TikTok at SRBethanyFSP. <laughs> Before it's canceled. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Before it's canceled, yeah. You know, maybe we'll just do you know, Twitter and Instagram just in case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So SRBethanyFSP pretty much everywhere. I just, I love that a nun's on TikTok. That's, I mean, I'm trying. New evangelization. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I have not, I just watch them when they pop up on Facebooks. It's and, probably better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I would get, it's divine and I would totally get sucked in just like I did years ago. But as my husband reminded me, if people don't follow TikTok and like use it, it's going to get deleted just like Vine did. So it's, He's a proponent of people being on there. Yeah, he was very much a big fan of it. So thank you for your time, sister. You're so welcome. And we're praying for you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm always struck by um, something when we do these podcast interviews. And it's uh, the joy that I hope is palpable that kind of pops through the screen. Uh, Sister Bethany and I chatted the day before I went to go get induced uh, with our new baby, Claire. And we emailed back and forth 
a little bit after the episode and of course you know friends that we are from the internet she wanted to know how I was feeling and how things were going and how Claire was sleeping and and then she she said at the sign off in one of her emails know that we're asking the intercession of Saint Claire for your Claire and I knew who she was talking about the rest of the sisters that she she lives in community with were praying for my Claire um, by asking for prayers from Saint Claire it's beautiful really the communion of saints and we want to learn more about that, explore and unpack that. I think that you would be um, really well served and that you would greatly enjoy all of the content that we've created for this round of Ave Explorers. You can click on over to AveMariaPress.com. The link is down in the show notes. And you can sign up for all of the email content that we've created for you. Everything from Facebook Live conversations that are starting next Tuesday, more podcast episodes, other videos, other articles, social media posts, things that can help you not only meet the saints and learn the saints, maybe some new saints, but also understand what it means to be holy, what it means to be a saint, to pursue holiness, to be captivated by the love of Jesus Christ, to really want to answer that question, what what does he have in store for my life and how can I follow his will, like Sister Bethany talked about. You can, of course, find the book that Sister Bethany was talking about and mentioning down in the show notes as well, the pre-ordered link. And you can follow Sister Bethany on Instagram and Twitter. She's a great follow, highly recommend. Link is down in the show notes as well. The big thing I want to ask here at the end of this first episode of our new season, season seven of Ave Explorers, is that you would subscribe to the show. It's really important subscribe not only help the show boost up in the Apple podcast rankings, but then it means that you never miss an episode. So sign up for the emails, but also subscribe to the podcast. And if you could, go give us a rating and a review down at the bottom. Tell us what you think. If you like the show, five-star reviews help the show get in front of more people and show more people what we're doing. And again, I think now more than ever, a conversation about the saints is really important. The conversation showing us how to be holy is really important, and we're doing that throughout this entire season. We look forward to journeying with you through this Ave Explorer series on the saints. Uh, we can't wait to see what this content does in your life. Thanks for listening.